Welcome to Beyond the Lines. I'm your host, Jason Davis. You can follow this podcast on Facebook at Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Instagram, Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Twitter at underscore Beyond the Lines, and also on TikTok at Beyond the Lines Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or even show suggestions, you can email me at btlpodcast213 at gmail.com. This episode is sponsored by Samify Crafts. If you're looking for that unique and special gift for a birthday, holiday, wedding, or any other event, go to SamifiedCraftsShop.com. They're your one-stop shop for all your gift needs. They specialize in custom gifts at an affordable price. Not only will you find great gift ideas on SamifiedCraftsShop.com, you also find all of your Beyond the Lines podcast t-shirts, water bottles, backpacks, sweatpants, and long sleeve shirts. So go to SamifiedCraftsShop.com to order your merchandise and gifts. You can follow them on Facebook at Samify Crafts. This is episode number 55, and today I will be discussing motivating our youth. Now, let's meet this episode's guests. So my guests today are the hosts of the podcast show Life and Football and motivational speakers, Colin Moore and Michael Figures. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Glad to be on. Thank you for having us on, man. Well, thank you guys for being on. So today we're going to talk about motivating youth athletes. There's a lot of things that kids go through these days, whether it's social media, things they see on TV. So some of these young athletes are dealing with motivational issues or if they have issues trying to persevere or trying to reach their goals. We want to talk about that today. And I'm glad to have you guys on since you guys deal with motivating youth athletes and working on perseverance and working towards goals. So I'm glad to have you guys here to discuss that. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. So first of all, I'm going to start with you, Colin. Who or what was it that got you involved in sports as a youth athlete? I think I played so much around the neighborhood. And then when we played with all my friends, when we was at school, I think around the third or fourth grade, I started getting bored on the weekends. And I started wishing that I could go back to school because Saturday and Sunday, I didn't see nobody. And I was like, I wonder what everybody be doing. And then one day, this boy was walking up the hill at school, and he said, hey, y'all, y'all signed up for football? And I was like, signed up for football? Where y'all play football at? In our area in Bartow, we had an area called 555. That's where all the Bartow athletes came, and then that's where all the people in the county, when they came to play us in Bartow, that's where they would play us at. So when he said that, I went and told my dad, hey, dad, I want to play. And I told my mom I want to play. My mom was like, I don't know, Cole. I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> and then my dad was like, nah, 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 let him play, let him play. So pretty much that took off for me by third or fourth grade, and I was locked in ever since then. All right, and for those who may not know, explain where Bartow is. Bartow is our next city that everybody knows football-wise be Lakeland, but if you really want to get into it, we between Tampa and Orlando. Okay. We right between the mm-hmm. okay and what about you michael what got you involved in sports as a young athlete i grew up in quincy florida that's right next door to tallahassee florida a county called gaston county growing up i was always fascinated with the game of football from an early age anyway especially growing up in tallahassee and quincy you always hear about florida state and fam you yes i was already hooked on to them early 
I'm talking about kindergarten, first grade, second grade. My grandmama and granddaddy, they was always watching the games on the weekend. As I move on up to probably the fourth grade, well, it's really starting in the third grade. I would notice the guys back then we had Quincy All-Star. It will have your name on the back of the jersey, and it will have Quincy on the front of it. And that's something big even for college athletes, just to have the name on the back of the jersey, Yes. let alone a kid in elementary school. <laughs> so these guys, they would wear their jerseys. They'll play maybe one, maybe two games. It'll be like an all-star game when they would go play. Somebody from Georgia, I didn't know at the time. And not just that, I would also see the guys with their pads walking around. They would bring their pads and helmets to school. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys' parents were unfortunate enough to just be bringing them back and forth because they was working during that time. So right after school, they would go stand by on the practice field until it was time to start practice. So that really caught my eye. And I really wanted that Quincy jersey with my name on the back. <laughs> so I ended up telling my mama I wanted to play Little League. And she ended up taking me up there and signing up. Like they say, man, the rest really is history, man. I ended up being real good. And my first year, I played Little League football. I made that all-star team. Nice. And not to mention, um, well, I ended up finding out that we played a recreation department in Cairo, Georgia. Um, got pretty good. They ended up winning the game, but that was a, a very unique experience going to playing somebody in another state, mm-hmm. in another department, something uh, that I wasn't really familiar with at the time. So it's kind of like what these kids do now, right. except we were doing that at that time. So speaking on that experience, Michael, what was your experience like as a young athlete as a whole? Well, with me, my dad was killed when I was very young. He was killed in Tallahassee, Florida. And not that that really had an impact on me playing sports, but when you come in into your age as a young man and the question you ask, what part did that play with me growing up? And it played a big part because it gave me structure, discipline. It was a lot of life lessons that I learned. Absolutely. And a lot of friendships were built off that. You know, I ended up going to junior college and me, well, I know you call him Colin, but I call him CMO. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody who really know him call him CMO. So you get lifelong friends playing that game. So football really helped me, and it was a blessing to me. I ain't going to just say it saved my life or nothing like that, but Mm -hmm. it really was a beneficial part in my life, like a huge impact. Played an important role growing up. Mm -hmm. Even in middle school, like I really wanted to go play with the Tennessee Vols because of Al Wilson, Leonard Little. Yes. Them guys, I, I would love seeing them play defense. I just was automatic defensive guy. And Sam Kyle was watching him play at Florida State. There's a lot of guys I was watching back then mm-hmm. had me very interested in playing football. Even guys like growing up, he found you head coach now, but they had a guy, his name Willie Simmons. He was an amazing quarterback back then. And I remember all the, the things I would read in the paper about him and all the good things people would say about him. And then not only I'm reading this, I had an older brother who would take me to work out with him every day. Like we were talking every day. Okay. And then in the summer, he would take me to go work out. And I saw this guy with no coach and a receiver out there running and catching passes every day. And here it is, he a head coach at FAMU today. But back then, this guy was in in 11th grade, going to the 12th grade that summer. And that really made an impact on me. Like, man, you know what? These guys ain't even got no coaches out here. That's what kind of got me to understanding of, okay, you know what, my brother's bringing me here to work out. 
I don't need no coach to be pushing me. And it got that self-motivation in me too when I saw that. So just in full circle, it just was a positive impact for sports in my life period. Okay, and what about you, Colin? If I could go back, I would have ran track. We had this coach kept asking me, man, you going to run track with us? You going to run track with us? And I was like, man, I don't want to run no track. I just want to play football. No, nah, run track. It's going to help you in football. I went out there maybe one or two times, and I felt like I should have did it. I just didn't, and nobody pushed me to do it. I ain't have nobody in my ear to really say, hey, go ahead and go. But I don't think my grandfather wanted me to go down because they used to run the track meets down there in Miami. Okay. And I don't think he wanted me to go because I was only in, what, maybe third to fifth grade around that time. He didn't want me to go down to Miami, I guess, as a young kid, and he felt like going down there with us. So I didn't get to run, but one of my friends ran, and they ran from, like, elementary, middle school, high school, and through college. So I believe that running track really would have gave me that extra edge that I would have needed to take me to a whole nother level. I was good, but I probably could have been way, way better with having track. And then I wouldn't never really truly, like, I love to go out there and practice and work out. But then when practice really, really came, I would do just enough to get by. Gotcha. And I think that was another thing that just really caught me, just messed me up. I didn't lock in the whole week. So say we had a solid four days or three days that you really got to go all out and then the last day to walk through. Mm -hmm. Well, I might only go hard one day. And then two days, I'm just coasting it. So all that, again, backfired in my face. I was good, but I never maxed it out like I should have. Again, I mentioned earlier that you guys do motivational speaking and you work with young athletes. What was it that made you two team up and take on this venture? And I'll start with you, Michael. It just was a lot of good conversation, man. Seymour always had. And I know your question, JD, I know he probably threw you a little bit. He did have some positive. It made it seem like sports was negative in his life, but it was positive because me and him being up making a connection through sport. Mm -hmm. And with us building that relationship, because we met in junior college at Ellsworth College in Iowa Falls, Iowa. Like y'all heard during the introduction, I'm from Quincy, Florida. He's from uh, Bartow, Florida. And um, we end up playing junior college football on Ellsworth College. Mm -hmm. And pretty much from that point on, man, we became friends. And, and that was in 2004. We still was talking for years and years, almost daily. We was always talking about football and still being a part of the game. And see, that's another thing, too. That show you how much that affected us being a part of football. Mm -hmm. Like, we still want to be a part of it because we enjoy the game and we love what we see. And we wanted to help young men, too. That was one of Seymour's main thing. He was always like, man, we got to help these boys. We got to help these boys because they looking like they lost out there. Yes. And what I mean by saying that, you would have guys make decisions a lot of times that if they had a little bit of guidance or a little more thought to certain situations, we seen that as that we can help. And uh, we got a lot more things we can do. That's why we done spoke to schools. And that's why we do our podcasts and other things that we do for mentoring younger guys. So it's just a lot of things that contribute to the success of life in football that we was already doing prior to actually starting the company. We was actually doing some of those things already. But um, once that decision came, we was talking one day and let's do it. And I, I brought up the idea to him, hey, let's start a podcast. Mm -hmm. and the podcast led up to 
everything else that you see currently. Excellent. And you brought up a good point. You mentioned that Colin mentioned, it sounded like a lot of things that he was talking about was negative, but there was a lot of positive stuff in there and that you two actually became friends, even though you guys were out in, in Iowa and you come from two different parts of Florida, making friends and things like that is some of those positive things that comes along with playing sports and particularly football. But when you look at the landscape of the sports world today, from the pro level down to the youth rec level, what would you say are some of the things that are hurting sports right now, Colin? The social media, they go too hard on social media, man. Yes. I know elementary kids who asking me, hey, what about this on TikTok? Or, and then you got people going to football games and they're recording the little league boys. Now, we always mimic the NFL because that's what you're looking at, NFL. Right. But you had Mike because he by Florida State and found he get to see the college ball. But I didn't really look at college like that until I got like the high school. I only watch the NFL. So you want to mimic the NFL. Well, they're trying to mimic that, and all they're seeing is the success. They don't see all that hard work that go with it. Mm-hmm. But I done been around some of the younger kids, and if you tell them, hey, don't do that, they might just break down like they done. So they, they can't handle sometimes when you're talking to them, and you ain't even talking no disrespectful way. They just can't take it sometimes, and then they'll just shut it down. And then you got some of them. They start trying to get into stuff that they shouldn't get into. They want to smoke. They want to drink. Yes. And that'll cause a setback. So with that social media, everybody trying to shine on it instead of really just working hard. And then eventually you will come out on top and shine. So I believe social media is the real kind of like a downfall in it because everybody want to be on camera. Everybody want that limelight. Mm -hmm. Michael, do you agree with that or do you have something different that's hurting youth sports right now? Simo hit that dead on the head. It ain't just youth sports. Social media is a major problem for all sports. Yes. It's helping too because a lot of people, that's how they communicate with coaches and stuff now. And mm-hmm. Coaches able to just go click on your page and see your huddle tape or whatever. But at the same time, the coaches see you on there cussing to see that type of music you're listening to. They see the type of stuff you reacting to, the stuff you're posting. So... What I mean by exactly hurting, you may not see them on a day-to-day basis. You're not with these people every day, but social media help you and make you be with them every day. Yes. So you're going on their page, you automatically in contact with these guys daily, females too, daily. You're seeing everything that they're doing because they so anxious and caught up with putting and posting everything on social media. You pretty much can analyze who that person is and what type of behavior they may have. Not saying that they have behavior issues, but how they may operate on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. You know, I used to coach youth football and I I coached baseball and basketball for a year or two of each of those sports, but mostly football. And I literally had two different football players, youth players, tell me on two different occasions and they would play defense for me that they weren't going to go out and play defense because they were afraid the running back when the opposing team was going to run them over, but they weren't afraid about getting run over or even getting hurt. They were more afraid about being on Instagram or social media because they got ran over. So they literally were not going to go on the field because they were afraid of being on social media. To me, that was crazy. I had never heard anything like that before. (laughs) And I looked at these kids and again, this was two separate situations and I looked at them and I'm like, I had no response for that because I had never heard anything like that before. Up to this point, I had been coaching for eight years and I had never heard anything like that up to that point. And I'm like, you're literally not going to go out there because you're afraid that you're going to end up on social media as a meme or whatever. 
Both kids at two different points said, yeah, I don't want to do that because I might get run over and I don't want to be a meme on social media. So back to your point, Colin, you're absolutely 100% right. Social media has taken over not only youth sports, but everyone's daily life. And, and some of it is good and some of it is bad. But in this case, I think it's bad in certain spots. And I just don't understand it. Yeah, I seen some little boys playing basketball and they was filming two little guys playing basketball and they was mean mugging people, filing real hard, acting like they wanted to fight. And I was like, who recording this? And who telling them, them kids, that this what you should be doing? I was like, somebody got to stop that nonsense. But that could be people who ain't never had a limelight, never been that successful in their lives. That they just, like you say, you put that camera in your face and you hope that it take off for you or your family or your kids where maybe you ain't got to work no more. So that may be some of the reasons why people go so hard on it. That could be true. Michael, so when you guys are speaking to and motivating youth athletes, what would you say is their biggest detriment to becoming motivated to succeed? So what is it that's stopping some of these young athletes from actually working and persevering to achieve their goals? Support. A lot of it, man, is just they're making decisions kind of on a whim. Mm -hmm. You have some guys going to end up in junior college. You're going to have some guys end up at school that they don't want to be at. You're going to have some guys jump in the portal. A lot of times, if they have that, that support system to lead and guide them, I think that's what's going to help them to success from far as what I done seen. Okay, and what about you, Colin? I'm like Mike on that. You get that support and you get somebody in your ear that'll talk to you and tell you, hey, I don't think you need to transfer. Hear me out. Don't give me the coach talking stupid to me at practice. Coach making me run every day. He don't do nobody else like that. Oh, I'm better than such and such. Why he playing? Listen, chill out. Relax. Let's weigh it out. Okay, now, if you transfer, how do you even know somebody else really wants you? You already got the scholarship where you're at. It's a full paid-for ride. Why not lock in and focus and work hard as you can work? before you really leave. Absolutely. Because most of the time people leave, they may not, not all cases, but they may not have given it 100%. So if you ain't give it 100% there, what make you think you're going to go to another school and give it 100%? So if you give it your 100%, you locked in on your schoolwork, on your playbook, at practice, and through walkthroughs, and in the film room, and in the weight room, and on game day, and on second semester when it's only working out. You lock in like that, nine times out of ten, you're going to play. There's nowhere around it, you're going to play. You're going to go to the level that you most likely can handle. So if you went D1, you can handle it. If you went JUCO, D2, NAIA, you can handle that. It's just, will you put in all the work to do it? Some kids just, I always tell people, some people are naturally at an A level. They're going to get out there and they're going to ball. They're going to be at an A just because they naturally at that level. Mm -hmm. Some people naturally at a C. Some people naturally at a B. Some people naturally at a DRL. And those that are under that A, you got to work even harder to get to that next letter of being one of the best players out there. So if you're not willing to do that, that'll end up having you where you just mess your own self up and running from everything and miss out really on the real opportunities you have in your face. You're absolutely correct. You're 100% correct with everything you just said there. So Colin, what techniques and methods you guys use when it comes to motivating youth athletes and helping them reach their goals? Man, when I'm dealing with the elementary kids, I'm talking to them on a level that 
I know they at. They want to talk about how many touchdowns they get. Do they play running back, quarterback, who play offensive line, who play linebacker. So when I'm talking to them, I'm juicing all of them up. No matter what they play, I'm juicing them up, mm-hmm. telling them <laughs> how to be good. Because if you in class and you an A student on the field, that means you balling. But in the classroom, you a D or you clowning around and you aggravating the teacher and they calling your mama, they sending you to the principal office. You ain't going to make it like that. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, you could carry that all the way up through college. That's mm-hmm. the same information, really. You could run across all of them because I just bump it up a notch with each level to hit where they really at. So that's the message I'm really hitting with them. And then by the time we make it up to college, now we telling them, hey, y'all boys better get ready for the real world, whether you make it to the NFL or not. Yes. You still got to come out into this real world. So we preparing them on that because – a lot of people wake up every single day going to jobs they hate for no other reason than just to pay some bills. Mm-hmm. And then never have enough money to really ever do anything but pay bills. So on top of you not ever gaining that much more money-wise, you still have a job you hate. So I tell them, hey, man, go find something you love doing. Find whatever you gifted at, whatever you talented at, whether that's singing, that's drawing, that's a coach or art, or PE, whatever it is, go succeed at that, and then that'll open up anything else you want to do. Because once you're happy with what you do outside of sports, or whatever it may be, you could venture into other stuff you'll love doing too as well. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So, Michael, do you find that young athletes understand the time, the sacrifice, the hard work and perseverance it takes to succeed, or do they want that instant success? It's like everybody, man. Everybody want that instant gratification, instant success. But like we tell most guys and a lot of guys I've been to, a lot of things take time. Everybody want to rush. Man, I wonder when God going to do this for me. That's something you almost never hear come out my mouth. You almost never hear me say that. And my thing is just trust in God and trust the process. And that's what I tell a lot of guys who we deal with. Like I talked to somebody yesterday a guy mentor talking about school and everything and and the most thing is just prepare enjoy the moment focus and make preparations for your next journey or your next whatever coming up your next school year just being able to accomplish the goals that you really want to see come to fruition right so finally and i'll start with you michael what advice would you give to young athletes when it comes to achieving their dreams First of all, you got to pray, believe in God, and um, you got to stick with it. You got to stick with whatever you're trying to do. Stay focused because a lot of times we get uh, distracted. A lot of times the things that you think you may be needing to do or that you're falling short of, it's coming. You just got to keep working at it. Yes. And so that's why I say they just got to stay focused. And make sure that you're praying and believing in God, man, because that's going to be a major help into your success and help you out later on in the future as well. Absolutely. What about you, Colin? What are your thoughts? Mike hit it on the head. He hit that right on the head. And just to add on just a little to that is you truly got to be committed. I'm talking about giving that 100% for that day, for that practice, for that film study, for that day in that class. For whatever class that you in, when you switch to the next class, whether you like the subject or not, just lock in and be all the way there. You know how people drive and text? Mm-hmm. Them two things you shouldn't be doing because 
you can't focus looking down at the phone. Well, that's the same thing like in class. You cannot focus looking down at that phone. So if you focus on where you at at that moment, you're going to win. And if you focus and you giving it your all, you'll end up coming out on top. If you don't make it to the NFL, you might have done so well that somebody noticed you that was coaching you and said, hey, man, he'll be a great coach. He's so locked in. Mm-hmm. Or you might meet up like how me and Mike met up, and him and his friend might like technology. They might start an app, or they might start the next Bitcoin, or they might start the next different thing. How can people follow you and reach out to you guys if they want to book you guys for some motivational speaking or if they want to take a look at your website, how can they reach out to you? You can go Google Life and Football. That's Life, L-I-F-E-A-N-D, Football, F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L. That's just Life and Football. You can Google it. And then another simple and easy way to really get in contact with us or check out anything we're doing, go to lifeandfootball.com, lifeandfootball.com. We're on Twitter at at Life and Ball. We're on Instagram as well at Life and Ball underscore. So you can get in contact with us on Twitter, Life and Ball, and Instagram. Like I say, you can also just Google us, Life and Football. I'll go to our website and check us out, Life and Football. And also, if you got podcast interest, and if you're somebody who enjoy podcasts, just go to any search engine who have podcasts and type in Life and Football, and it'll pull us up. Well, Michael, I appreciate you and Colin for coming on the show and sharing that information. Again, I think that you guys have a real positive thing going here and our youth athletes and youth in general need that direction. They need the understanding that it's going to take hard work, perseverance, time and praying and all those things to reach the goals that they want to reach. And we're never going to beat social media. We're never going to beat the grip that social media has on youth athletes and youth in general. But I think if we keep plugging away, keep reaching out to the youth and, and talking to them and, and getting them to understand that there's other things out there besides social media and that they're going to need to work hard to reach those goals, I think we'll be able to reach a great deal of youth athletes out there and, and getting them on the right track. So again, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, and I really appreciate your time coming on the show. No problem, man. We appreciate it, and we really enjoy it. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Once again, I'd like to thank the host of the podcast show, Life and Football, and motivational speakers, Colin Moore and Michael Figures, for joining the show. So what are the three takeaways from today's episode? Number one, it takes hard work, perseverance, prayer, and more to reach your goals. Number two, focus and be present in the moment. Distractions can derail dreams. And number three, build strong relationships with like-minded people that can help you reach your goals. That concludes episode number 55. If you enjoy this episode, I ask that you share it with a friend. If you enjoy this podcast, I ask that you subscribe. Please tune in for the next episode. And as always, thanks for listening. Take care.